everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on Ultra 4 cars and felon trees. This is the Total Offer Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Derek. And I'm a feller. <laughs> and this is episode 123. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got it. Just I slid it right in there. Nobody yeah, will good. have it. Nobody will notice. Nobody will notice. Nobody will know. They'll never know. It's kind of it's kind of fun you guys do a custom intro every time versus like a pre-recorded. Oh, yeah. yeah, Steve says it every single time. Every single time. That's crazy. That's how you, that's how you hype crazy. people. Even he even does the guitar work at the beginning. <laughs> then, 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 then. You didn't hear that, but it was there. I did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording clearly, but we have a feller who also does <laughs> Ultra Four things, or at least he claims to do Ultra Four things. I could be wrong. You want to introduce yourself so that they at least maybe have an idea who you are? My name is Kevin Jones, uh, maybe more commonly known as Ultra 4 Jones. Yeah, so you've got Ultra 4 on your screen name, so you must do Ultra 4 things. That, uh, that is a misnomer. The case until, I, <laughs> until I decided to build a new car. So. <laughs> Still technically Ultra 4 things, just yeah. car, not racing as <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, it's still it's you're, <laughs> you're trying just like the rest of us. You uh you get to be in the honorary Jack Stan crew. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Most most of the people the listening, dream. most of the people listening are on in that in that group anyway. We're all Jack Standers at heart. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So uh, why don't you tell us? Okay, first thing I gotta ask is you said before we started recording, you're like, I am up here for tree felling school. Is that what you just told me? Yeah, tree tree felling class. So I don't part of my. Uh, I don't make it a habit out of uh, falling trees or felling trees or cutting cutting things down usually, but it sure intrigues me. <laughs> I love watching uh, I'm videos. Not, I'm not gonna lie; it's it's pretty cool. So, oh boy. Damn, so is that your day job? Is felling trees? It's, it's part of my day job. So okay, my my, my day job is a firefighter and uh-huh. a big part. of big part of what we do in the, the wildland side of it is uh, we have to mitigate hazard trees. Hold on Oh, that makes total sense. You get to put out fires and cut trees down? Yes. I feel like that's unfair. Uh, <laughs> and build Ultra 4 rigs and race Ultra 4 rigs. Wait, I and mean, where do you live uh, again? Southern California. Huh. Not two out of three Minus ain't bad. <laughs> Where Although at? we live in Illinois, which is a much better. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just the same, except for we don't have except, everything. Yeah, we have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have Chicago. It. Whereabouts are you at in southern in SoCal? Uh, I'm about four hours south of San Francisco and about three hours north of L.A. Um, Slow? Some people are from. Yep, right there. All right. We're at? Mm-hmm. San Luis San Obispo. Luis ah, Luis. slow. Good hit. Roger. Yeah. My uh, Trevor, my best man, went to school at Cal Poly. So right on. I'm like, that sounds like in the right <laughs> spot of the. <laughs> well, I got yeah, family. So, um, I got family. A couple, couple in... miles inland from the beach. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, I got family in uh, Oxnard in Ventura. That's right. I heard you talking about that when mm. uh, you were talking about get, getting the hammer someday. Yeah, someday. Probably not. Someday. Just a pipe dream like everything it. else I do. Do it. I'll do just it. be here polishing. You know, the one thing I don't like to do, I'll be doing that forever. 
You could go and do some mobile polishing at Hammers. Oh, my God. I had a guy, totally off topic, but I had a guy call me one day, local guy, and he's like, oh, man, you're doing so good. I'm like, yeah, okay. And uh, he's like, marketing, man, marketing's number one. You're doing really good with your marketing. Saw me on the news, you know, local news. And uh, he came up with a, he had a little, like, thought. And I was like, dude, that is genius. And it was find somebody on the beach somewhere and go polish their wheels on the beach. I'm like, oh, that would hit. That would definitely hit. Just roll up with a generator in the back of the van and like nobody knows. Just roll up in the shine van on the beach and have a truck sitting there with some like 16 wide welds. Just jack it up on the beach with an off-road jack. Oh my God. Just for polishing wheels. People amazing. eat that up. You so definitely should. I thought that was a cool, yeah. So you saying that. And then that. you can use the truck that you polish the wheels on to get the van unstuck. Oh no, the van's a beast. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. How many times have you driven it in sand? Well, you know, if I go put it in sand, I'm gonna put some bog dogs on it first. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and eighteen wheel spacers? No, no, just sawzall. Oh, okay. Just sawzall. Less research. <laughs> less, less less research. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm. All right. So we got off topic Hold immediately. On. While we're off topic on that topic. Okay. Just real quick, because I was gonna throw this in there anyway this week. I uh, just want to let anybody know that didn't see my post on the Trail Riders page. Everything that is that has been ordered on the website was shipped today and today is the 21st of april april 21st 2022 all orders to this date are shipped so uh if you don't see that within a couple weeks let me know reach out just shoot me a message on facebook or whatever because you should be getting your stuff that was a good that was a good off topic. Useful information is what I call that. I apologize <laughs> for the wait. All of you that had to wait for your stuff to come out, you've got lots of goodies. Extra goodies came in your in your uh stuff. So be be grateful, I guess. Or thank you. <laughs> <laughs> be grateful. Thank you for your business and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that. So anyway, okay. Back to uh things. Back to felling of the trees and putting out fires. Mostly just felling sure. trees. What do you want to know? Uh, pines? What kind of trees? Not in SoCal. Uh, yeah, right now right now we're in a, a stand of mostly ponderosa pines. There's, uh-huh. there's some firs in there too. But. Firs. Of her. Uh, the, tall, the tall skinny ones, right, are ponderosas? Uh... Some aren't so skinny, but yeah, they're, okay. they're pretty, tall. pretty tall. Are they skinny lodge, in relation lodge, to height? Lodge poles are pretty skinny. Oh, lodge poles, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, yeah lodge poles are pretty skinny, but pondos, pondos get pretty big. Interesting. Gotcha. Now, do they grow all the way to the ground? Do they stay pretty far off the ground in terms of like limbs? Uh, there's not much limb at the at the bottom there. Okay. Yeah, you don't really have to do much limb work to, See, here to the, work under them. Here in the Midwest, they grow right against the ground. Mm. Like they're just like it's just a, it's just a triangle, but they're usually not yeah, like, like they're not forests of them either. So yeah, yeah, different. I don't think they're native to Illinois. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably they, not. They grow just All fine right. here. So, so trees are not on roads. So technically, uh, it's totally on for, topic. Yeah, one hundred percent. True. Uh, you know, true. one of the biggest things about having guests on here is that we get to learn more about them than what you would see on like the Instagrams. So like that's right. kind of a cool thing. Like you get to learn that Kevin is a firefighter and also cuts trees down. Yeah. I had no idea. Same. Um, so <laughs> actually it's really interesting uh, and very cool. Um, yeah. But speaking of very cool. So tell us about your, your off-road side of your 
persona and the things you okay. do. <laughs> um, I won't go all the way back, but I'll go back to, I didn't even own a four wheel drive vehicle until I was 24. Um, I was a kind of drag racer at, at heart nice. when, uh, as far as four wheels went. But uh, my now wife, who was my then girlfriend, she's like, I like big trucks. I was like, all right, well, let's, uh, let's go buy one of these and see what it's all about. So <laughs> bought a 71 F100 4x4 short box. Oh, my. Yeah. And a uh, big block four-speed truck. And took it out in the dunes. We got the Pismo dunes right here just south of San Luis and started to learn how to uh, be an off-roader. That's awesome. I think that's probably the story for a lot of off-roaders is, hey, I want to drive a big truck. Yeah. certainly was for me, at least. I'm like, I'm in school. I need a car. I'm going to get a truck. Got a truck. Same truck that I off-road now. Looks a little different, but... Uh... <laughs> I, it, I must have done it backwards. Yeah, I mean, I'd have, you did it backwards, I'd have a lot of cars and a lot of cars and a lot of trucks and, you know, fast, like, street trucks and stuff, but never, never had one I could, you know, venture off-road, so... Oh, definitely nice. opened up a whole new chapter that's you know become quite the addiction so the so how long ago was that roughly uh 16 years ago i'm 40 now roger so no, in you're 16... not <laughs> you don't look 40 at all yeah <laughs> i'd have guessed about my age roughly mid 30s um yeah so you started out with a with a f100 in the dunes and then somehow between there and now you graduated to an ultra four car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's I a leap. Blew, blew the head gasket on that truck deep in the dune. I did a bunch of different things for it. Like rebuilt the Dana 44 front end and put 35s on it and blew up axle shafts and, you know, learned a lot and had a good time. And, but, uh, one day in the dunes, um, uh, pretty far from the beach and blew a head gasket and, uh, to get a tow, back there is oh. not easy and not cheap so i decided to just go for it and try and drive it back and by the time i got to <laughs> the asphalt um it knocked a rod out the side of the block wow <laughs> so i just held it to the floor and it would go like five miles an hour and i got it up onto the asphalt where i could then call AAA and get a free tow <laughs> nice so, yeah um so i worked on that thing for a bit and then uh Ultimately, I got a really good deal on a 96 Toyota Tacoma with a blown engine. So I put that back together and then mobbed that thing for probably three years. And that one like was more than just the sand. So that one took me into the forests mm -hmm. and like you could drive that thing anywhere, you know, fuel injection, mm -hmm. cruise control. And wife and I took that camping and in, in the forest. And so that that kind of opened up more than just like V8 and you know, sand, sand in the stuff. sand. You know yeah, what they, yeah. exactly. You, you those, know what they those... say? That overlanding is the gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. Those Toyotas, those Toyotas, they'll ruin you. <laughs> those, those dunes are serious. I went there one time with my buddy when he was at Cal Poly. And I mean, I've, I've never seen sand dunes in person before that. And like the, the sheer height of them, I have no idea. I can't even put numbers to it, but like sure. many vehicle lengths tall. You know, yeah. like altitude changes. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's, there's a lot to learn about the way they, they form too, because you get, you know, they're up against the ocean. 
So you get this this onshore wind that that shapes them. So the side of the dune facing the ocean is always very soft in its mm. shape, but the inland side has these very pronounced drop-offs, and and that catches people a lot when they're not used to it, and they'll they'll roll up the soft side and then they'll just fall off the steep side. And, oh my gosh! Yeah, wreck their wreck their stuff. Wee. Yeah, we were we were on ATVs because he had his Duramax at the time, but it was stock and. I think at the time they were like cracking down on something. I can't remember what it was. This was like 10 years ago or more. But uh, we were like, all right, we'll rent ATVs. And that was fun. But yeah. like, it's crazy. You also feel like super exposed. Like very, you don't have even a cage vulnerable. around you at the on an ATV, you know, like this is yeah. kind of at the onset of like the side by sides taking off in popularity. So like they had them, I think, but they were expensive. Um, not that they're not now, but yeah, but that was, it was cool. So. Yeah, get the it's, dunes addiction, and it and it's kind of a mixture of your drag racing and off roading. Yeah, it, it made for an easy transition because horsepower is is king in the sand. So mm-hmm. that that part of it made a lot of sense to me. Um, but yeah, it, the exposure out there is it's pretty high. I mean, weekends get pretty nuts. Three day weekends, there's you know, it's not uncommon if there's a fatality for some reason or another. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah, um, mid midweek if you can go out there on a on a nice weather day, it's it's a really cool experience. You know, it's it's something that not a lot of people get to. You know, I think there's dunes in Pismo, there's dunes in Glamis, and there's like a place in Michigan. But mm-hmm. you know, they're 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 not everywhere. And yeah, if you get a chance, it's pretty fun. Silver Lake's not too far from us, Steve. No, it's not. That's one. Yep. Yep. Someday. Uh, I was going to say, it's funny to listen to you just talk about that because my uncle, who was who I was talking about going to um, to Hammers with, he is kind of living the same story as you, uh, you know, a decade later in life. But he is he's been drag racer forever in all muscle cars all the time. And uh, then they got a like a little sand buggy, like a little Vita powered sand buggy, little rail. And uh, they've had it for a few years and then recently picked up a, like last year, I think he picked up a Toyota forerunner and has been just going ham with it. I think he's got a set of solid axles for it and it's getting a cage put in now because they almost rolled it a couple times. (laughs) Um, Like every time they go out, he's like, yeah, I got to put a cage in that thing because we about went end over end and they got a little sketchy. I'm like, yeah, I bet it did. And uh, so it's, it's fun to it's fun to watch him like start to like get into off road, but he is listens. he doing it at the dunes or is he doing like trails and no, stuff? No, he's too? in trails. He's doing, they're going trail. Oh, okay. Cause I was like yeah. solid axle. You he's know, trying yeah. to get me on the to... dunes only. I'd probably stick I- IFS, but he's trying to get me to go out there for Rubicon. I was like, all I have to do is rent a house on Lake Tahoe for Jess and Owen. And then I can go do whatever I want. <laughs> that's the stipulation it's not too bad there i looked it up it's like two two thirty a day get your house Especially right if on the you lake. do it with like a couple families yeah yeah, yeah get a big vrbo and do that'd it be, up that'd be that'd be helpful yeah just airbnb but yeah that'd be that would work if i could get that organized but that'd be sweet and then and then all we got to do is ship Derek's truck out right yep and yep. Then, that's right i'll and just then I'll, and then i'll meet you guys i'll meet you guys there and, and we'll perfect. do the rubicon yeah i'll just I, go buy a uh-huh. A slew of people that would want to come on that trip that are oh, already yeah. out there too. Oh yeah, it'd be <laughs> yeah. it would be, be crowded. Oh man, it'd be crowded. We'd have we'd have a line, but it'd be fun though. <laughs> it'd be. be fun. 
Yeah, the the nor- what does it normally take to do the Rubicon? A couple days, right? Nah, thirty four minutes. It, it depends on how you do it, but I mean, full disclaimer: I have yet to do it. So, oh, on, all right, it's on my list this summer. Um, I'm gonna try and that little sidekick I picked up. I'm gonna try and get that thing up there and uh, beat it up. And then that awesome. will eventually turn into an Ultra Four car, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the progression, right? My wife keeps going like, "You're gonna sell it, right? You're gonna sell it, right?" And I'm like, uh. <laughs> like well, yes. we should probably make sure it works first. <laughs> yeah. So I guess then on that topic, so then how did you get into Ultra Four? Sure. So um, when I was uh, living in a different town, um, starting my adulting phase, a friend of mine saw all the automotive stuff I was doing in the garage. I was fixing that Tacoma at the time. I had the F100 and he was like, Oh dude, we do, we do this rock crawler thing. And I was like, I'm kind of into like speed. I'm not really into like the rock crawling, you know, like, and, uh, he's he's like, well, you should check it out sometime. And I said, all right, you know, I'll I'll do it. So I, I went over to his shop one time and he had this square body Chevy and it was like camo spray paint and, his front drive shaft was receiver tubing. Oh, nice. I was, I was just so overwhelmed with like just the hackness of which, you know, was taking place in front of me. Hey, um, it's fine. So I, I was, I mean, it was cool. Like I, I like automotive, but I, I just, I really had a hard time relating to this thing, you know? It but, was a different uh, world. Like it was a different, you couldn't world take a sure. square tube drive shaft down a drag strip. No, no, no. no. uh, it's not acceptable. But so then he, he told me this one time, Hey, we're going to the Johnson Valley for this, this race. You should come with us. We're going to volunteer. And I didn't go. And he told me it was so cool. And then the next year came around and I didn't go. And he told me it was so cool. (laughs) And then, um, they finally introduced the, uh, everyman challenge. And he said, Hey, a buddy of mine's building a stock class, a Toyota for the stock class. And I said, that sounds cool. Like, you know, now you're going to be like a part of it. You're not just going to be a spectator. Yeah. So he came, he came back from that year and he told me just the wildest stories of like finishing this thing on the lake bed and, you know, the radiator hose popping off and they took turns peeing in the radiator, trying to like fill it up and go farther (laughs) in the race. And, and, uh, so then I was like, okay, all right, I, I gotta go now. Yeah, so I went I went the next five years and that was starting in like 2013 and I went to help them race and we would volunteer on 4400 day mm-hmm. and I, I just couldn't believe like I mean I had in my head like I was going to watch rock crawling and instead like all I heard was high compression engines running on race gas and <laughs> you know just like that audible sound of like 500 plus horsepower yep and I, I just i was like you didn't tell me this part you know yeah so right <laughs> it it appealed to you know the drag racer in me that like now had a four by four i was like okay let's let's check this out so yeah how can i go fast not just on yes. sand but in rocks yeah. too right that's but awesome. i spent you know i spent a solid five years i guess helping him coming home from hammers going i'm gonna build one of these and then life would kick in and job and responsibilities and family mm-hmm. and mortgage and and it just it didn't happen it didn't happen it didn't happen and then uh one day i came home and saw a car for sale and it was 20 minutes away from me and it was cheaper than any other car i'd ever seen 
And I, I told my wife, I was like, if I don't do this now, I, I might not ever do it. So. And then she, you buy uh, it first. Yeah. She cried a lot. And then I bought a ultra. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> I once cried a bunch of times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's funny. How long ago was that? That was uh, 2019. Okay. Bought it. Yeah. That's so what, what was, I mean, what class was it in? Like what was the specs, sure. like motor, stuff like that? The cool stuff. It was, um, so the reason it was cheap was because it was a very old chassis. It was actually built on the East Coast and it was just kind of a trail buggy. And then Amherst became a thing, and the guy that had built it modified it to hold a bigger fuel cell and kind of turned it into a, quote, race car. And then it, at some point, it made its way to the West Coast. And the guy that I bought it from was racing it in the Unlimited class. But um, that was, you know, probably not the best place for the car being as outdated as it was. Mm-hmm. So I, when I bought it, I dropped it to 4,800 class you know that a lot of people call legends but kind of a little bit of a misnomer now so what what differentiates the 4800 from like the unlimited class sure so unlimited is just that right unlimited but when you step down one class to 4800 you've got a couple rule restrictions you have to have a front mounted engine you have to have a solid front axle you have to run a 37 inch dot tire Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can only have one shock per corner, so no go no bypasses, and then you have to have two seats. Gotcha. So any anything else you want to do that you can fit within that framework is is fair game. Gotcha. So any any engine, any horsepower, um, you know, and the, and the class really is full of. It's a pretty wide spectrum. Yeah, there's. I've definitely seen the small ones with probably a little bit less horsepower, and then the big ones with probably a lot more horsepower and they're all competitive in their own way. Right. Right. Um, and then the IFS ones and the IRS ones, and then the solid axle fronts and rears. And there's a whole, there's no like formula that like, this is the way, right. It's kind of like, it's even just, I mean, I would, I always compare it to like off-road formula one, right. Everybody's trying to push Well, I guess more so in the unlimited class, (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. there's rules, and you you know the rules are meant to be kind of bent massaged. and skirted, yeah. And massaged. No, I mean, yeah, there's like, and and that's what's cool. Like appealed to me too because I've just been a lifelong gearhead and ranch and whatever. It was there's no really tight framework. So if if you think you can do something better, go for it. You yeah. Know? Um, there was recently uh, a new vehicle entered into the stock class at the Moab race. And we as racers can challenge another car if we think it's, quote, illegal. So somebody threw a red card against this guy because in stock class, you're not allowed to um, make holes in the firewall. And somebody said he made a hole in the firewall and he put his air filter inside the cab. And he demonstrated very clearly, I did not make a hole. That was a factory existing hole where the heater (laughs) box was. And I just routed my air filter through a factory hole in the firewall. Wow. And there's nothing and there's nothing in the rules that says I cannot do that. And they they were like, Yeah, he's right. So until next year. Um, you know? Yeah, until next year. <laughs> you cannot route anything through the 
Yeah. Or funny. next year, everybody will have their air filter. Or that, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the I mean, what's the benefit of that? Except for I, I, I just assume it gets clogged less easily. Yeah, I think I think cleaner, colder air. That's about it. Colder air. Yeah, guys, a lot of those guys are, you know, they're struggling for for space for shocks and shock hoops and keeping oh, yeah. air filters clean and you know it's it's all packaging. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So your air filter. I'm looking at the act. I'm looking at that picture. I'm actually on your yep. Instagram looking at stuff, looking through things. Okay. And you said, I cut a hole through the firewall. I was like, I just saw that picture. Let me scroll back down three posts and see that. Because I went all the way back to the beginning just to see. Like, you okay. did go very I went, nice. I went you to did the beginning. I was like, I'm going to go all the way to the beginning. I'm just going to start scrolling as I'm just going to listen to the story while going through the pictures. I thought you were just looking at polishing. <laughs> no, no. Just naked No, he's girls. doing actual I'm, homework. I'm making all this up. I'm actually not homework. paying attention. I'm looking at girls shaking their butt. Yeah, I'm actually so, just making sense. Um, <laughs> When I got when I got the car, it was in bad shape. It was after hammers of nineteen, and the car was in really bad shape. Really, uh, barely made it on the trailer. Really, and so I just I worked on it for a month and a half, and just fixed the obvious, like just the obvious. And it took me a month and a half. I mean, there were so many parts of the chassis that were breaking off, and wow, um, you know, all kinds of things. But one of them was the air filter had been a multi-year problem for the previous owner was just a K and N clamped on the front of the throttle body. And it would always get like power steering fluid on it or just covered in dirt or the belt would fly off and wipe it out or, you know, like whatever. <laughs> so I, I just looked at like what space I had and what could I do and where's, where's the quote cleanest place on an off-road car. And mm-hmm. so I thought, man, if I can, if I can route it into the passenger compartment, that, that would probably help out a lot. So- I'm looking at the picture here. Does it actually pull air from the passenger compartment or does it actually pull air from the bottom of the filter housing? It You're looking at probably a photo before it was completed. So okay. at the bottom of the housing installed uh-huh. a 90 degree elbow and went uh-huh. through the firewall uh-huh. and it pulls, it pulls down by the passenger footwell. Yeah. We're looking at that and then we went and looked at it. And then right after that, there's a picture of the engine mount. You, Oh God. <laughs> that, that thing was wrecked. Jeez. It was pretty trash. Yeah, the lower link mount on the the chassis side on the driver's side was barely attached to the car. Holy cow. Um, yeah, power steering was pissing everywhere. It had a broken ball joint that we had to fix just to get it out of the guy's garage. Um he was he was just done with it. Like he'd already <laughs> upgraded to a different car and he, he just needed it out of there. So that's you know it's one of the things that's the nice thing about buying somebody else's problem is that yeah. they're they're just done with it like Ian when Ian sold the buggy <laughs> it was 90% <laughs> you know and he was just done with it and then somebody else buys it and it's a new toy and right. so when it's a new toy you don't mind dumping more money into it because you're excited about it and that's what and you yeah. go through and you fix all the little things that are wrong with it and you get them dialed in and you're like cool now i have exactly what i wanted or at least close to yeah it. and you didn't have to spend no, I mean, all the money building it in the first place right and a, a big thing you know i talk about like i wanted to come home and build a car but i'd never owned an off-road race car and i was really deathly afraid of spending like two years building one mm-hmm. and then what happens maybe you climb in it and go yeah. oh, i don't even like this or like it doesn't <laughs> work or or you just so I, I really wanted to drive a car and that way i could say I like this wheelbase or I want it longer or mm-hmm. I like this width or I want it wider or, 
Um, or I like this race series. Yeah. Can you imagine spending two years building a car and then being like, I actually don't really like King of Hammers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's funny you say that. Yeah. I was at least able to verify I did I do love King of the Hammers, but I'm not a big fan of the series because it's not anything like Hammers. I, I was really yeah. drawn to the endurance race, the the conquest of like finishing this thing that so many people can't. Um, but a lot of these short course mud races, like not what I want to do. Your thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Not my thing. So you just rock crawl all year long and then go run Hammers? <laughs> I that's like there's a this was a big part of like why I need a vehicle like the sidekick in my life or something is if you're truly racing a car with any like real ambition mm-hmm. or, or seriousness you can't be wheeling it yeah like there's not there's not time between races you can't afford to do the damage to the car um, that thing serves a purpose and its purpose is to show up at a race ready and then when it comes home from a race, it gets taken apart and it gets prepared for the next race. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's probably some people disagreeing with me, but that's my, that's <laughs> makes my sense opinion. to me. Uh, yeah. it's funny. Like this is exactly the content that we needed. There were some people that were, that were wanting this exact thing, like race content. Like, yeah, you're right. It's built specifically, specifically for racing for me. That doesn't do a lot for me because I'm like, Oh, you mean right. it? I, I shouldn't be upset about this because I'm like, oh, you mean it just sits, in, it has to, it has to quote unquote, sit in the garage, you know, in between races because you can't go, you know, can't go out and break it and stuff like that. Not that mine does anything different, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> cause I know somebody's out there saying that right now, like, oh, your sits on jack stands in between wheeling. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's a different perspective. And for somebody that wants to race, that's okay for them. Like they're okay with that being the case that it has to, that this is a race car and not a rec wheeler. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched guys rec wheel the race cars and I did it a Uh little bit in, in the short time I I had that car, you know, the couple of years I had it going, we took it to four dice, my wife and I, um, I did a couple like play trips to the desert with some buddies. Um, but as I would, go back through and work on the car to get it ready for a race like that wear and tear is is visible and then so, like the worst case is some of it's not visible you know mm. like when i broke um an outer stub shaft in the moab race like every thought went through my head of what have i done to contribute to the failure of this part uh-huh. in a race you know and it's you spend so much money and so much time getting to a race that it's not like rec wheeling where you can just be like oh yeah you know just if something goes it goes it's like yeah yeah. i mean you spend a bunch of time and a bunch of money and you get the commitment of friends to come out there to help you Mm -hmm. and uh you you owe it to yourself and your family and your friends to like show up as absolutely prepared as you can be yep what a different situation <laughs> from rec wheeling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. much difference, but yeah, that's, it's, that's cool. It's awesome. It, it sucks that you like, you have to think about that. You're like, Oh man, was it something I did out here on the course or was it that three foot rock? I tried to scale last weekend. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to think yeah, about I mean, it. Like, I, Oh, when I went to, 
when I went to Fordyce, um, I didn't have a race coming up and the car was still in post race. Was it coming out of, it might've been post hammers condition. And so the car was already pretty worked. Didn't have anything coming up and I, I let it have it. Like I drove that car harder at Fordyce on a couple rock walls than, than I would in a race because like if it broke that day in that moment, like, I didn't really care. I needed to go through the car anyway, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a completely different mentality. And, and honestly, like I've heard other racers tell me, you know, it takes the fun out of wheeling as soon as you go racing <laughs> and, and there's, you know, there's some truth to that, but I mean, I tell you what, I've, I've crossed the stage of hammers twice and that's a pretty hard feeling to beat. I'll bet. I bet. Let's yeah. like, it takes the fun out of wheeling, but it sure doesn't take the fun out of racing. That's right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a it's like i said it's a different mindset it's a different want you know what i mean yeah um and you have to be yeah. you have to go where 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 it is that you want to go now for you right. you kind of want to do a little bit of both and that's why you have now have a specific vehicle for that uh, yeah i i definitely like to get to the point where the race car could be completely disassembled it's in the middle of you know trans getting rebuilt axles getting serviced all these things but somebody calls and says, Hey, we're going to Rubicon or we're going to Johnson Valley or whatever. And you've got that play vehicle that right. you can take and not give, you know, two F's about and, and, you know, have a good time. And then when you come home, you can go back to serious mode and, you know, do race car things. Yep. Now I think I always wonder, cause I heard somebody, we were at the Badlands one time and there was somebody with I don't know if it was an actual Ultra 4 rig, but it was a LS powered two buggy on stickies. And it wasn't Ian. This is pre <laughs> dime piece. Uh, and he just walked up every obstacle like it was nothing. And we were, we were talking to him for a while and we're like, that thing's awesome. And da, 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 da. And like we were like gobsmacked at this thing because like we, we might not have even had solid axle swaps at the time. This is a long time ago. And so we were like, this is crazy. Like we've never seen anything do that. And he was like, yeah, it's 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 fun, but it gets old. Like when you have too yeah. capable of a rig on a not difficult trail or even a difficult trail that it's just way overbuilt for, you know, it, it takes the fun out of it. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I, I don't I have another like I forget what he said it was like a Jeep or something like on 33s. And he's like, I actually have more fun wheeling that at the Badlands than I do this crazy built thing yep. because there's a challenge. So I think you probably have some of that with the sidekick now where it's, yeah. you know, obviously you can't just walk up everything like an ultra four car can. Right. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I think like the most recent example of that for me is if you guys saw the little cheap truck challenge thing we did out at Johnson Valley was, um, when, when I run claw hammer trail out there in the race car, it's five minutes tops you know, like trail top to bottom or whatever. Um, we spent eight hours on that trail <laughs> in that 76 Ford Courier. And I had eight hours of fun. Like it, it was it's amazing. It's so yeah, it, the race cars do for sure. They, they make stuff too easy. You know, when, yep. when the, um, especially like, I don't know what it's like for you guys at the parks. That's something I haven't really done, but like most of the forest service trails out here, their their bar that they're trying to shoot for is like 35 inch tires and lockers on like a Wrangler. So when you show up with an LS powered two buggy on stickies, like you're not even 
trying. You don't even have to be a good driver. Like there's, there's nothing, you know, you're just playing tunes and, and cruising. And if it's like, it's like driving you... down a dirt road in like a pickup or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So um, some potholes. Yeah. I, I enjoy the challenge and I enjoy all the things that come with it and the trail breaks and, you know, everybody kind of rallying together. So I, I definitely want to have a trail rig that, that is not as capable that, that, you know, really makes you see what you can, what you can do and, you know, how good of a driver you are. And... Yeah. That, that I, I have never raced. I totally see the appeal. Um, I would love to do King of Hammers or as I mentioned the other day, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Baja, I think would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's totally, I get the feeling of like, Hey, we finished like, that's a huge accomplishment, regardless of whether or not you like podium or whatever. Um, just finishing any of those races, King of Hammers, Baja, whatever. It's a huge, huge mechanical, like achievement. Yeah. Yeah. Feet. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that it's kind of a similar for me, at least like driving the rig on the road to go wheeling and then driving it home, like still kind of an achievement, right? You know, um, that's my like MO, um, but it's, it's a similar feeling, I think, for like finishing a race and having the mechanical sympathy and the, the right parts and smart foot. <laughs> Oh, no, who else I've heard use the term mechanical sympathy. That's always my go-to. No oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I always try to, I try to explain to people, like, you, you, there's not enough, a lot of these racers, they don't listen to the car. And, and I, I hate to sound like, I don't know, arrogant or something when I say that, but like, all I've ever done is own junk, work on junk and, and ask <laughs> more of it, more of it than it should provide me. And, and I really feel like it helps you kind of get in tune with like what things will tolerate. And, and I, I think a lot of people get this mentality of like, I'm in a race car and they just put it to the floor. But it, I mean, I, I drive that car like, yeah, you're hard on it because you're racing, but you have to listen to it. And there's, there's so many people that just overdrive their cars. And I, I don't care if it's a, you know, a 30,000 dollar pile of junk like mine was or if it's a two hundred thousand dollar car they all have limits and and you Mm -hmm. can only ask so much of those parts and i really feel like that's a big part of what people are missing i have a question send it were you listening to the mechanical or were you listening to the car when you broke the front axle on the sidekick Uh, (laughs) he didn't quite speak the language yet so i didn't break the axle i bought the sidekick that way oh okay okay (laughs) yeah i broke i broke the 76 ford courier that i then got rid of to bring the sidekick home (laughs) um but yeah um no and that's i mean i was blown away at like how good that little courier did you know because i i thought like well maybe the key to like longevity in this is like we need to just kind of be pussies and just winch everything. But so, then I was like, well, screw it. You know, we're out here to have a good time. Let's let's drop this thing and see if it'll make up the sled. <laughs> Is the front axle underneath the sidekick a Sammy front axle? Yes. Okay. And so the new one is yeah. also a Sammy. I see it's got I see it's got the uh the um ball knuckles on it. Yep. Yeah. What do you call um, thing? so the sidekicks I'm still learning the whole Suzuki world, you know, mm-hmm. that's nothing I've owned before, but, um, the sidekick, uh, 
is the same as the geo tracker and they were all ifs but a really common swap was to put a sammy sammy front axle in it on leaf springs there was a pretty sweet one on ua 2020 sidekick side chick actually side chick. yeah was was it like brightly colored <laughs> yeah it had a crazy oh paint God. job so so yeah. brody gray you know gray. he's kind of as that like he knows Dave Chappelle a little bit, and so like they both kind of are part of that like, you know, mini trucking culture. So he knew some people, and he was telling me the story. He's like, he's like, yeah, I really wanted this thing to stand out, and so I was like, I, I went to my guy who does all my paint work, and I was like, just just paint it, like make it crazy. I don't care what it is, make it stand out. And so he came back with that. And he was like, I fucking love this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it definitely stood out. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty capable that. too. He had he was riddled with power steering issues the whole trip, which was sad. But they were troopers, man. They fixed that thing every time quickly that it broke. It was it was good. Yeah, I think you talk about Derek the accomplishment of like driving your truck there and back and stuff. And I I spent the last several years before the race car like doing that with the Tacoma left, and then I got my my F two fifty, and and that thing like that truck was my baby until the race car showed up. And, uh, you know, I always prided myself and like, it would tow the travel trailer up into the forest and we'd camp for a week and I'd do some wheeling and stuff. And then I'd pitch up the trailer and drive it, you know, drive it all the way home again. And it, it doesn't matter if, in my opinion, if you're racing or, or doing that, but like, yeah. just, just overcoming like, and doing things you probably shouldn't do. Like that, that's a pretty fun, fun way to live. That's an interesting way to look at it too. Like having mechanical sympathy because you're doing things with the mechanical thing that you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> like yeah. driving a car over rocks that are size of small cars. <laughs> right. Right. So, <laughs> that's awesome. So your your racing career. So you've been you podiumed <laughs> twice. No, no, not, no. So I'm sorry, podium is not the no. right word. You've crossed the finish line at King Hammers twice. Yes. Um tell us about that a little bit uh okay so the brief surmise of, of the racing is i was it was recommended to me to race something before hammers like don't show up to hammers as your first race and i said i totally get it couldn't agree more so there happened to be an ultra four race in the desert like four hours from my house didn't have any rock technicality but it, it was going to be a several hour race and i was like perfect be in the car we'll be beaten on it we'll find out if parts fall off or you know <laughs> if the seats are uncomfortable or the, whatever so if the engine throws uh, a rod like yeah first exactly. time you hit six thousand. <laughs> so um we started dead last because we had no points and we finished fifth and i was like oh man dang like, that went that went really good you know <laughs> and um my wife was like great now he thinks he's good at this you know? <laughs> just, just what he needed this so is not how this was supposed home, to go yeah, she was like, I was hoping deep down you were going to just fail miserably. And then like, then I figured at least it was a 50-50 as to whether you would give up or like go all in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but she's like, when you did well, she's like, I knew you were going to, you know, be on a high. Yep. So then we went to nationals in Reno and the car broke in practice. Uh, front drive shaft came out, um, came apart, I should say, and uh, took out a front brake line and knocked a hole in the exhaust and okay, fix up the drive shaft, cobble together a spare, get it back in there, get a brake line, go out for practice again the next day. And 
the rear third member comes apart. The pinion support comes out of the nine inch, stays attached to the drive shaft. The whole thing whips around, uh, breaks the transmission in half. Oh my gosh. Just like done, like, you know, several thousand dollars in like the blink of an eye. So winch the car back on the trailer, go home, do some post-race analysis of like what that was. And it turned out like I hadn't been through the third member yet. Um, they took the bolts out of the pinion support. They installed a pinion guard and then put the same bolts back in. So the oh. bolts were now. Oh, half an inch no. So they had three <laughs> threads of engagement. And Yikes. anyway, so like someone else's poor assembly cost me several thousand dollars. So right there, oh. I said, this will never happen again. I will own every nut and bolt on this car. Um, every failure will be mine. Like this is just not happening. So took the car completely apart. The only thing I left in it was the engine. And even that the injectors went out to get cleaned and did a compression check and cut the oil filter apart. And as much as I could leaving the engine in the car Holy and yeah, went, went through everything, got it together for hammers and, um, you know, nine hours later made it across the finish line. So at least it was validation of like, okay, I can take the car apart. I can analyze parts. I can put it together. We can put together some sort of effort, you know, whether, whether we're competitive or not, like I'm not even going to argue that because, you know, we weren't, but we got the car there. So, um, move forward with that, but then COVID wiped everything out. So 2020 was kind of a bust the rest of the year. And then up came, you know, hammers again and um, took the car all the way apart again. Same thing. Left the engine in, trans got rebuilt, looked at the transfer case, rebuilt both axles, all that stuff. Made a couple little changes of the car just for, um, you know, safety and comfort and all that stuff. And uh, we did it again and we did better. So um, at that point, I felt like I'd made the car as good as I could make it without I mean, just cutting it in half. And and at that point, you're like, man, this tubing is way old. It's undersized per current specs. Like every part of the car it was a compromise. So I, I just made the call to to start over. Yeah, makes sense. When you're when there's that much on the list of like this needs to be fixed yeah. and you start adding it up and you're like, yeah. Ooh. and it's yeah, not even point, just like unbolt it and replace it. Like you can't yeah. just unbolt and replace the whole frame cage whatever yeah. like it's yeah, starting like I over at, i was looking at okay well i don't like the the three length front end so um we'll cut the front of the car off and build a new car and it's or new front end four link it mm-hmm. well i don't like the back end that it's three length and not trailing arm triangulated four length okay so we'll cut the back of the car off and then it's like well the middle is still really tiny tubing like it's probably not safe at 100 miles an hour so you know, it, it's like I need to just walk away from this thing. Man, project creep was rough. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Inexpensive. Uh, you know, do you ever use? I'm just curious. Do you ever use the argument when your wife, you know, has something to say about what you're doing with it? Do you ever just look at her and be like, "Listen, I was into race cars before you started this." <laughs> um, she. So our our little running joke is. Um, in addition to like going fast in cars or whatever was I always rode dirt bikes. I always had dirt bikes. I raced amateur motocross just for fun. 
um, was never any good, but just it, it, yeah, that sense of adrenaline and competition and all that was really good. And she used to complain back in the day about me buying dirt bike tires all the time. She's like, you just bought new tires. And I'm like, yeah, they're only good for like a weekend or two, you know? Wow. And, uh, and then we got the race car and she sees some of the parts bills for that. And she goes, <laughs> if you go back to racing dirt bikes, you can buy as many tires as you want. I'll never, she's like, I'll never complain again. And I was like, yeah, it's too late. Like, sailed. Dirt oh, bike man. Uh, yeah. How many great. dirt bike tires can you buy for one set of race Ooh. tires? Uh, yeah. You could dang there buy a, a bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, um, tires notch by yeah, holding the bike. Yeah. It, you know, that's what's hard too is you go rec wheeling, like, you could take tires with patches and plugs and yep. you can take compromised parts and like, you don't care. You're going to have a good time. But again, when you saddle up registration fees and all this stuff, it's like, you don't want to take subpar parts. So no. um, you're, you're replacing stuff. It's probably okay, but probably doesn't get you across the finish line at hammers. Yeah. So yeah. You, or why you would know, you risk yeah. it? Why would you? Right. Risk it might get you across the finish line, but it, it might, might not. Yeah, and, and you have your best really... chance is if you start new. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Do you yeah. do you work with anybody? Like, do you have any companies that you're able to work with for you know parts yeah. or something like that? I've been really fortunate that um, uh, you know people have paid attention. I think to to how hard I'm working at this mm -hmm. and how hard I hit the social media game and you know try to like work on my own self promotion and marketing. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like it's paying off. So I, I've got. Um, you know, a tire sponsor, Nexon Tire. I've nice. got a wheel sponsor with Raceline Wheels. I've got Yukon Gear and Axle for, you know, all the rotating assembly stuff. Um, See Derek? And I don't, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have my list. <laughs> it's actually how Derek and I ended up talking. Yeah, it is. It was pre-UA. Pre you you right. see, see Derek? I should have called, called Kevin when I needed a Raceline hookup the other day. <laughs> called the wrong guy. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Steve, uh, I don't know. You can tell oh, it yeah. if you want. Uh, oh, uh, he hit it. He hit a race line with a drill bit, basically. Not exactly. A few hundred times. No, that's no, not what happened. That's not what happened at all. <laughs> I had a customer. I just made it up in uh, my head. I had a brand new set of wheels, uh, race line um, renegades in the shop here, and I had one on my new machine and I didn't have one of the settings set correctly on the machine and it dropped the wheel and it mm. dropped it. It dropped it onto some half onto the edge of a half inch plate steel. So it's got a real nice gouge in the front and back of the lip on it. So it's going to the welder tomorrow morning and I ordered a new one. There's a new one sitting in the shop. So, but it sucked. That's I was fair. hoping, I was hoping to use that opportunity to maybe get hooked up with somebody at Raceline. And when I called them to try to do that, they just kind of like, uh, you can get on the website and order one. I was like, all right, well, you can fuck off. So, <laughs> so I'll get my wheels from Vision now. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like, it, it's so, I mean, all these relationships, too, they're, they're yeah. like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. There's uh -huh. a ton of that. Um, you know, there's people with a lot better deals than me that don't. Um, you know, don't hit it as hard as I do, mm -hmm. but they just, you know, no people. They, they were buddies with my guy back in the day or whatever. And, yep. um, and then there's people that do better than I do that they don't have some of the deals that I have. 
Um, and, and they're like, what the heck, man, you're not even like racing the whole series. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe I put more effort into the few races I do do, or even when I'm not racing, like I've got so much content coming out of the garage time, right. uh, which is a great, you know, a great time to you know, like rough stuff specialties. They've really paid attention to what I do and they're coming on board like more and more all the time. And they just, you know, they are out there for the builder. So yeah. A lot of race car owners use rough stuff parts, but they're not showing like the build aspect of it. Or maybe the driver of the car doesn't do the building and the welding like I do. So, um, you know, it, there's a lot of unique partnerships that you can make doing this. And they don't all have to be, you know, a sticker plastered on the side of the car. Right. Uh, I think that's the biggest misconception everybody has is like, oh, I'll put your put your sticker on my you know, door and, and <laughs> you'll give me stuff. It's like, they're not all like that, you know? No. Makes sense. Yeah. There's no, uh, like one size fits all you do this, this, and this, then you get sponsors. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's up to the sponsor. It's up to the driver. It's up to the, maybe the networking. And then also a little bit of the luck of the draw. I'm sure. Right. You For gotta sure. be at the right place right. at the right time and hit, talk to the right person at the right time. And just having a good day. Yeah. <laughs> not a shitty yep. day. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Sometimes there's a, you know, a spot vacated or there's a little bit of budget money, you know, at some weird time of the year. And if they pick up the phone or whatever, you know, the hard part's getting in touch with oh kind of like your story, Steve, like you call the 1-800 number, you're not going to get the right person. No. Um, if you email, you know, sponsorships at xyz.com it's going in the trash like right the the amount of the amount of replies i've gotten from the generic emails are pretty much zero you know it's it's once you get a hold of you know derek l at you know xyz company now you've actually you've got a hold of somebody and and you might you might like i had a great like the story of my relationship with dynatrack is kind of funny I was in like the pre-race season mode. I was sending out hundreds of emails, sponsorship proposals to everybody. And I emailed Dynatrack um, and I got, uh, I got to the right guy. Um, I had his email and I wrote my proposal and it was very clear. It was, I have a Dynatrack 60 in the front of my car. I don't need anything right now. I just want to know, can I run one of your logos? And should I need something in the future? can we talk? Like, that's it. That's all I was asking for was like an open communication. And I got this response back that said, I'm sorry, at this time, we can't fulfill your request. Um, We can't do whatever. And I was so like, angered, because it was it was obvious they hadn't like truly read it. And (laughs) I replied, I replied back. And it was it was a little bit heated. But like I said, I was in the middle of like, hundreds of, you know, denials or whatever. And I was like, clearly, you did not read what I wrote. I wrote, I do not want anything from you. I just want to put your sticker on my car. <laughs> and and it was really funny, but like that opened up the dialogue. Like that actually got us on the phone. And he's like, What are you what are you doing? You know, and I said <laughs> He's like, Wait, okay, we wait, don't want to help you, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued. And and literally that was the hook. And and it started a really good relationship with Dynatrack. And every time I finished a race and I needed something from them, um, they were, they were all on board helping me and it it was really cool, you know? So it, it, I never cease to be amazed with like, you know, some things get ghosted and some things just work out. It's insane. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's like, 
it's like the algorithms, you know, like you yeah. can't make sense of it. You just, you just have to, <laughs> yeah. you just have uh, to cast it out there and see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Persistence is key mm-hmm. no matter what. I actually hit up a company here uh, just a couple days ago about some uh, work to uh, some workwear um, ear protection and uh, they're local. They're in Carmel, Indiana. So like they're not that far from us. And so that excited me. I had a, a subscriber or follower send me a link to their stuff. I was like, Hey, check this stuff out. It's really cool. Headphones. Like, All right, cool. Checked them out. Thought it was pretty cool. They're close. I'm like, cool. Asked them, sent them a message. I'm like, Hey, are you interested in work with any other flu- influencers right now? Blah, blah, blah. And they come back. No, not right now. Uh, hope you can, you know, here's a link to the website. Hope you can, uh, you know, try our product out or something like that. And I was like, damn, that Ooh. hurt. That hurt. Like, ouch. I was like, damn, 600,000 wasn't yeah, enough it, or 700,000, whatever it is. <laughs> that number wasn't big enough. Um, yeah, it, it's hard. And I think a lot of companies miss the boat on the potential too for uh, them. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I don't know the retail value of what you were asking for, but like your reach in my opinion is pretty far. I wasn't so, asking for anything at the, in the beginning. I was just asking if they wanted to work together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, you need to me. respond and say, Hey, I don't know if you read my email, but yeah, it was, it yeah. was, I will say it was, uh, it was through Instagram. It was through their directly through their Instagram. So it may, it may not hurt for me to go through and send them a media kit via email and try that again yeah. through a different Avenue. And see if they want to play that one game. Of my, I should just keep poking at them. I really want to. Uh, I really want to try their stuff. They got some cool stuff. Like they've got uh, headphones for work or whatever that have Bluetooth on that, and then it has a plug-in for a microphone on it, so you have a boom mic. And then they also got some really nice, um, like, uh, rated earbuds that are for working in loud environments and stuff like that. Oh, nice. It's a two hundred dollars set of earbuds. Somehow. Do they do they have uh, echo canceling systems? Uh, you Steve? know, I should check into that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it compatible? Is it compatible with Discord? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that exactly. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the uh, listeners, yeah, my... spent like forty minutes trying to get Discord working, and finally <laughs> we're back to Teams. So I can put my headset on and, and we can do Discord over mobile. I just can't record it. <laughs> yep that's the problem that's the whole the, issue the listeners won't hear it if we don't record it so <laughs> good for us not for anybody right, else anyway yep. but yeah so like yeah getting sponsorships and working with that like it's i agree you're you're kind of right with the whole it's not what you know but more who you know and if you get to yeah. it's cool about going to events because you get to bump into people that you know that yeah. are in that and you're like hey uh so you work for raceline can we talk you know meet them over drinks or something yeah. like that at the bar and, they're, and all of a sudden they're your best buddy. And Hey, look at that. You've got a set of wheels coming. Sure. Um, you know, yeah. it's nice when that, when that sort of thing goes down. Yeah. Like, you know, my non endemic sponsor, uh, rod and hammers, slow stills whiskey. They're, they're local. Um, happen to have like a mutual friend with the owner. And I was like, Oh, Rod is it, just, you know, a startup whiskey company. And, and, uh, they shared some with me and I was like, Oh, rod and hammers. That's pretty cool. It's like, It'd go good with King of the Hammers, um, you know, and like cars have connecting rods. And and yeah. like he was intrigued. He's not a car guy. And he was like, what do you mean? You know, and I showed him like my Instagram. I showed him my Instagram, what I do and everything. And he, he goes, oh, I got to I got to show the boss, you know. So that's um, awesome. That, that one just kind of, you know, worked out organically. Um, honestly, just same way, casual stuff. And, um, you know, they're they're all about it. You know, they just 
they, they've got a, a lifestyle type of brand and, and they just want people that are out there, you know, living life. So That's cool. If you want examples of what not to do and you're trying to get sponsors, check out the R letter R letter U sponsored on Instagram. <laughs> so good. So good. So, so, good. so freaking good. People are just yeah. like, I, you know, it's, it's gotta just be copy and paste. Like I'm copying and pasting, yeah. I'm copying and pasting and like, just like writing out this whole thing and the person's like, do you even know what we sell? Right. And they're like, right. I don't, I just want it. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, <laughs> yeah, you're asking it, for it something is. that has nothing to do with what you want to do. <laughs> I just me want it. You and that, that page highlights it, like how bad people are with grammar and spelling. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my mom was like, she was on me as a kid. She was an administrative assistant. Like, I couldn't write a birthday card without putting, you know, a <laughs> comma in the right place type of thing. So, um, it goes a long I, way. I, it does. It really does. Like everything I do, I try to be as professional as I can about it. I, I try, I try not to curse on camera and on audio and stuff like that. You know, like, <laughs> people know that happens, you know, and that's a part of, of our lifestyle too. But like, I try to be as, as clean and professional as I can. Um, all of my, you know, written, literature like i try to keep it super clean and um i try to conduct myself appropriately and and i think all those things add up to i mean these companies they want to align themselves with you know a clean image for the Mm -hmm. most part i mean yeah oh for sure obviously some out there but um you know you always have to have your professional side and then your personal side and like you know this is the personal side for me this is the what this is the personal side for me Personal side, yeah. Well, you haven't sworn much, but I think it's because we're trying to match Kevin here. Not a, not a ton. <laughs> yeah, we keep it pretty. I think we keep it more mild in the in the regular in the main, and then the Patreon is a little more open. Yeah, but that's probably. Well, you know what's yeah. funny is, you know, I I obviously spend a lot of time in the garage, and yeah. that's usually when I listen to the podcasts, um, yours and everybody else's that that I like, and um, which is just ours. You know, like. It just yours. It never, <laughs> it never fails. The minute my daughter walks into oh, the garage, yeah. like sure enough, like the f bombs just start <sighs> flying. Oh man! And I'm just like, I'm like, <sighs> like, you know, here I am I'm trying sorry. to like, you know, raise my daughters as clean as I can. And it, hold on, it just makes get, you corru- feel... get corrupted one one podcast at a time. But... I'm gonna share a little thing with you. My little man is gonna turn two next week. And he has been walking in the house, and I, I honestly don't know where he got it because the way he says it. But dude, he'll get on a tirade. He'll just start dropping f bombs. I'm like, I have never said it like that around him. Like, I probably <laughs> let it good. slip a That's time or three, good. but like not like that. Like, it's it's bad. I'm like, whoa. And Jess is like, yeah. she, she feels like a bad parent because of it. I'm like, I mean. You're I like, no, I'm just, a bad parent, Jess. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, it's certainly <laughs> me. Yeah, I don't think she says it. Um, it's it's definitely it's caused it with me. But but with that, like every time he says it, she glares at me and she's just like, "This yeah. is all your fault." And I'm like, you know what? It's not that he's he's almost too like. It's just it just is what it is. I mean, well, I like it. I don't know. Too. They, yeah. they always they always say, "Did you hear what your child said?" <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, it's not our child. It's always it's always your child when Ma- something you wrong. did this. Matter of fact, I yeah. did. High five, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get him riled up. That'll get him riled up. So I just want to I, I want to apologize about that. So if your daughter starts swearing because of me, I, I apologize. 
That's all good. They gotta, to, they're going to hear it eventually, right? Feel free to send me an invoice for counseling. The, uh, <laughs> the solution there is to just listen to podcasts that never say the F word, which at least on the off-road podcast, hey, hey, I think hey, everybody hey. swears. Uh, for the most part. Even yeah. even Tyler and Jimmy now. For the longest time, yeah, Tyler was very clean, but uh, yeah, he kind of started yeah. letting it slip. Trail chasers were trying to not be explicit, and yeah. Cody would always go through and like edit out and timestamp oh when Jose would drop the F bomb, and then finally they just gave up. <laughs> They're like, screw it, we're just we're explicit. Let it, yeah. let it fly. We got an email really early on. Somebody was like, "Oh yeah, I really loved your podcast until it went explicit." I'm like, "Well, I can unmarket explicit. I I just choose to market explicit because yeah. we do cuss from time to time. Like it does happen, especially yeah. when Ian and I, you know, when Ian and I would get together, it was." first 35 seconds <laughs> <laughs> every time um but uh, uh you know it's, it's one of those things like, like i said this is i feel like the podcast is more my personal side this is where i can be a little more me and and that is part of me so yeah i mean probably not you the know, best honestly thing. that's that's a big part of like the the whole racing and off-roading thing for me is i have to be really professional at work yeah um you know everything we're in the public eye we have a lot of scrutiny we, we always have to do yeah. the right thing and say the right stuff and um you know we're we're faced with a lot of challenges to where we what we say and what we're thinking are not the same so oh, it's sure. it's good to have an outlet like off-roading where we can you know we can kind of be maybe who who we really are mm-hmm. and, and that's that's been important for me yeah that's a huge deal like with my industry with what i'm in i deal with all blue collar and truck drivers and farmers and stuff like that so yeah you hear some pretty colorful stuff oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah get some pretty colorful language depending on where you're at and who you're dealing with but anyway what else you guys want to know what uh what's about? what's the power plant in your new one okay um yeah i'll talk about the transition a little bit yeah. so um i didn't feel my car had much resale like I said, I think it'd kind of run its course. So I thought it would be cheapest. I don't know about easiest, but cheapest to keep the parts that I'd already put a lot of time and money into and felt like I had some, um, you know, some tenure, tenure with mm. and sell the rest of it. So I ended up selling the roller and I got a new chassis made by a guy in the Sacramento area, like five hours north of me. Uh, Taquan Fab built me a chassis. So that's a partnership. Did and you say then, tack, um, tack life fab. <laughs> one fab. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be part of tack life. Fab. <laughs> yeah. Then you show up at your first race and the trans cross member falls out. <laughs> tack life. If you yeah. know, you know, uh, if but, you don't uh, know, go so back got, to the earlier episodes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I got a new chassis, but I kept the, the six liter. So I've got an iron block LQ nine. So I kept that and I kept the turbo three fifty, which I have two of cause it's a race car and kept, kept the old Atlas and what else did I keep kept like seats and the Griffin cooling system and the PSC power steering, um, you know, all the ancillary stuff, arms and nav and helmet pumper and winch and, I mean, it's kind of crazy when you start piling parts on the shelf. You're like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd use this again, like no question. Um, so, it, you know, but those are the same things at the end of a project that cost a ton of money if you're buying oh, yeah. them. So, yeah, it's the little not even nickel. Get... It's not nickel and dime, but no. <laughs> everything's 500. Like I always say, everything's 500 dollars. Like 
I, I feel like when you're putting the race car together, you, you rarely call a company and spend less than $500. Yeah, it makes sense. You're calling the wrong company. You got to call Chris. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a little cheaper. <laughs> yeah, 450. Yeah, TOP 10, 450. Sure. 450. <laughs> 499. Told you it was told you it was less than 500. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm all about the deals. I got the, the yeah. new axles that I'm gonna use under the car. Um they're Levi Shirley's old axles out of his 4800 car. So nice. You know, they're spider tracks nines that you know, gosh, if I ordered new, it would probably be Fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, depending Holy on the cow. option. So, uh, you know, uh, that helps save some money when you can, you know, use somebody else's stuff that right. you know, may not be good enough for them, but good enough for my checkbook. It worked pretty well for him. Yeah. Yep. Are you so? Uh, are you gonna Spider Trek signs? Some... You got your same power plant. Which do we talk about? Your power plant, or do you want to talk about your current power uh, plant? Oh, I'm. I'm game. I'm an open yeah. book. Okay, so nine. Uh, Tell us more about that. Yeah, it's got um, it's got heads from Texas Speed on it right now, and just like 225 cc heads. It's got a camshaft that I I don't know what it is. It, it doesn't sound very you know big as far as camshafts go, but um, I haven't taken it apart yet to see what what cams in it. But that's what the previous owner had always told me was it had some sort of cam. And um, I'm hoping it ran good. Didn't make a ton of oil pressure. A little bit of blue smoke on startup. Yeah, so it's an LS. I can, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, honestly, I can just free ring and bearing the thing and, and get a couple more years out of it because every I'm other sure part of the car is costing me a lot. So Put an oil um, pump in it when you free ring yeah. and bearing it. <laughs> yeah. Sensuous. So I'll, do, I'll do stuff like that. I'll, I'll yeah. hopefully re ring and bearing it, throw you know a couple new parts in it, um, see if there's a better camshaft profile that we can, we can grab. Yeah. But otherwise, um, like it had really choked down inch and a half block hugger headers in it. Oh my! So I've got I've got a used uh, eight to one header system that Ooh, I'm really yes. gonna try. I'm gonna try really hard to use because if you've ever heard an eight to one car, oh my it's god, it's pretty, so good. Didn't we sexy. have that conversation? We, we yeah. talked about that yeah. on a recent episode and, and blew we, Mike's mind, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a few. It was like that doesn't ago, sound yeah. like a V8. Yeah, and we're like, no, yeah, that's it the really beauty of it. No. Sounds like an F1 yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, so I'm hoping just with, with better flow and exhaust and maybe a different cam profile and, uh, you know, better intake. It had the truck intake in the last car, but mm-hmm. these headers go up and over the top. And so I, I got an LS2 intake, I think I picked up. Oh, did you? Used. Who was it so, the other day that posted um, in the chat about uh, about the TBS or the like the TBSS intake being on? Yeah. Um, well, but then that, he was he was talking about his point to that was like the the highly sought after intake is the TBSS, but it's also the same intake that's on the fourth gen or the gen four motors on the trucks. Right. Oh, yeah, newer. basically. Yeah. And he was saying like, I don't know why anybody would ever pay, you know, X amount of dollars for a TBSS intake. And he was on uh rock auto and they were like selling, they sold them right there on rock auto. And it was, I don't know what it was. It was something stupid, cheap, like 300 bucks or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, I wonder. I wonder what the deal is with that. But so you got an LS two intake for it? I think I I forget honestly, but yeah. somebody made me a deal on one and I bought it. Hey, uh, car intake, basically. Yeah, yeah yep. car intake. Yep. I mean, honestly, to me, the LS one, two, three, they all six, even they all look the same. But um, yeah, car intake for lower, and then I just picked up a used throttle body 
that uh, company on IG was selling open box. So I grabbed that. Oh, nice. So it's, it's going to be cobbled together. But like I always tell people for hammers, like it's not horsepower. You know, I'm sure if yeah. you're short course racing, like horsepower is, is kind of king, like drag racing. But I mean, most of the time it hammers like open desert, like I'm quarter to third throttle because you're, you're overdriving the suspension anyway. Mm. So I, I'm not going to worry about making crazy numbers until, you know, yeah. like when I can flat foot that car through the desert, Whew. like, okay, now it's time for more horsepower. Or so you're new- I don't, I don't think that day will ever show up, honestly. So your new chassis you're building, what class are you trying to get into with it? Same class. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trying to take what I learned with my car. Um, things like I had a 105 inch wheelbase. Didn't feel long enough a lot of the yeah. time, especially mm-hmm. for the desert. So the new car is going to be in that, in the teens. Um, I haven't finished setting up the trailing arms yet, so it'll be, you know, 117 or something like that. Okay. I wanted it. So I wanted it longer. I wanted the lower center of gravity. Um, I wanted it a little bit wider. So the track width is going to be with these new to me axles. It's going to be, I think about three inches wider. should be about 85 outside of tire. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and get the belly height a couple inches lower. The old car was 20 shoot for like 18. Um, just try and make it, you know, lower, longer, faster. Right. You similar to- uh suspend like shocks and spring well not springs but well maybe springs yeah so i sold the old shocks because again with that single shock rule the, it's really like that's what's kind of cool about restricted racing too is it pushes the envelope for manufacturers so um ads shocks is coming out with a uh you know an internal bypass um coil over and wow. they put a they put a prototype set out at hammers and the car broke for other reasons, probably because he was going too fast on his job. But, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm patiently in line to get the first set of production ones. Yeah. And then I can keep, keep setting up the suspension on the car, but nice. yeah, the, the ability to have some, some bypass technology inside the shock body, um, but still call it coilover. Uh, just when you put the ADS shocks on it, just don't break the rear end. Okay. <laughs> i probably will <laughs> that's in reference yeah. that's a reference, that's to, a your reference Sterling. to my pickup truck yeah <laughs> um yeah i i always thought i mean it's funny you say that like i always thought the sterling 10 and a quarter i was like man i'm never gonna break this thing but <laughs> yeah. um apparently i broke it so I thought the same thing about a 14 bolt and then oh, uh yeah. got a little rowdy with the throttle at harlan and lo and behold it's it meant spindle, spindle. So, um, go figure. <laughs> with uh, what size tire are you run on that car? Thirty-seven inch is okay. the max we can run. Okay. So, gotcha. Yeah, I've, I was. Gonna... I raced uh, three races: Hammers, Moab, and San Felipe on the the Nexen Rodian MTX. And um, I was, you know, I I tell people openly, I was really leery to try a um, kind of an off-brand tire, but. Um, I'm, I'm really sold on those things. Next has been around for a lifetime. They seriously have like, <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I just found a, a Nexon in the wild the other day on some Silverado and the thing was date coded <laughs> like way back in the day. And it was all, you know, smoke weren't and we, bald and everything. Weren't we having a conversation about this with Mike about some manufacturer using Nexon? Like Kia or. Oh, like, like an that. OEM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like an OEM yeah. using Nexon for their OEM tire. 
I don't remember who Maybe. it was, but I'm pretty sure that there was pick, at least one. Yeah, I like I like picking the next and reps brain about like the industry, you know, because yeah. like that stuff intrigues me. And he talks about how they call it an OE fitment. Yeah, um, an OE fitment is like the goal of every tire manufacturer. Because I mean, if you can get your tire on whatever a hundred thousand oh, yeah. Jeep Wranglers, like done, you know, that's that's really good sales. Yeah. So or an F one fifty. Oh my god. Yeah, they're always striving for OE fitments. Um, yeah, that's definitely but, where they make the bulk of their money. Aftermarket, yeah, they're sure. just like, we want people We want people to know the name of our tires so that when they go and exactly. buy a car and they see it on the sidewall, yep. that's cool, but it yep. only applies to gearheads. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. It's not enough. Not so enough. Yep. so, when, so you, you've talked to the rep and you picked their brains when, uh, when they're coming out with 42. I honestly, like right <laughs> now, they're, 37 is their big tire. Yeah. So I'm. They coming I'm, out with a forty then, I guess. I know. I want a forty bad because <laughs> I want to put the F two fifty on forties, and eventually I'd like to raise forty four hundred, and you know that's a forty inch or mm-hmm. whatever size you want class. So yeah, I'm hoping they. But you know, he told me like, you know, the engineering side of that is a whole new mold. It's a, it's it's not just a bigger tire. It's like they yeah. gotta revamp the whole, retool the whole line to do it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah it it was talking to. I don't remember who somebody about Falcon. They're the sponsor for UA. They have been for like the last so many years and they have the 38, which is sold only to aftermarket, like to the UA people. And then like some races that Falcon sponsors, but you can only buy a 37 if you just like go to a tire place or you go to Falcon's website or whatever. And I'm like, but they need a 40. Like who cares about the 38? Mm -hmm. I guess they're working on it too, but yeah, you're you're totally right. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's, you know, everybody's trying it. There, I mean, there's a couple manufacturers now that have made 42s, right? And that yep. maybe that's the new tire of like the 4400 class. But um, that's, that's uh, the nice thing about, that's what I like about 4800 too, is, is that, I mean, that when you're limited to a 37 inch DOT, like guys still find ways to spend money. I mean, there was a new $300,000 car out there this year, oh, Hammers. And- Jesus. That's what's. That's why I like use the term legends, like you know, with air quotes. Is like, there's there's nothing legendary or old about that car. It's the latest and greatest um, that they can fit in the rule book. But yeah, that's hard. But and the other thing too, I mean, you just mentioned a three hundred thousand dollar car, but you can probably be like ninety nine percent as competitive as that with half the cost or even a third of the cost or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the 37s probably helps you run lighter, cheaper, hopefully cheaper, a little bit axles and drivetrain components oh. and all that jazz. Right. I, I have one thing. 37s light run three less lug nuts on each corner. <laughs> <laughs> or in your case, Steve, all less lug nuts? I Leave don't know. me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Thank you. I don't think you're supposed to re- re- retorque those or something. Or yep. <laughs> Never mind. Left the door open uh, on that one. Uh, yeah, well, it. You know, I really feel like forty eight hundred. If you, you know, depending on obviously whether you put together your own car or, or you buy one or whatever, but I, I feel like the sweet spot to be competitive is probably around like ninety thousand um, dollars. You know, so when I'm trying to put together a car for sixty or seventy, maybe like. I, I'm going to do my hardest to, to beat everybody I can. I mean, we beat a lot yeah. of people we shouldn't in the old cars, and that was really fun. Yeah, uh, I know I know the new car is going to be way more capable, and you know, I'm going to have to elevate my driving game. 
And you're doing a lot of the assembly and stuff yourself too, so that that probably saves a a good chunk of money. Oh yeah, I yeah, would think for sure. And and the bright side of that is that you've got your hand on every single nut and bolt when you put it together, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, and that's key. I mean, that's invaluable, right? Then you yeah. know, a it was done right, and b how to fix it oh, if exactly. something breaks on the trail. You can get out and, and c if it wasn't done right, it's my fault. There you go. Yes. That's also yeah. true. Yeah. You can't be like that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always, I always kind of had a standing thing. Cause like the goal is never to get out of the race car when you pull into the pits, but mm-hmm. I had a standing thing with the people that would help me. I was like, Hey, if you ever tell me something's wrong or broken, or I know something's broken, like don't be offended. Don't be upset. Just know I'm getting out of the car because I put it together. I know what size the fasteners are. I know how it comes apart. Like, I'll just ask for you guys to hand me tools so I can tear into it, you know. But. <laughs> it's one of those Depends things with, with that, like we're talking about, like pricing uh, 300000 versus a you know $70,000 car. But at the end of the day, like if the $300,000 car breaks a bolt on the shock or something like that and is down, like, you know, something random happens, shears off five lug nuts, you know, something silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's not going to matter if they put that much money into that car because – you're going to cruise on by them. So at the end of the day, it's how fast can I be and be reliable? You know, and so that's, I think that's the game to play, right? It seems like you're playing that game pretty well so far. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, like I say, that kind of lifestyle of like owning and fixing junk has really taught me where to spend the money Mm -hmm. and where to spend the attention to detail. And, you know, um, certainly off-roading and like racing just puts crazy stresses on parts that, is really hard to process for somebody that, um, you know, didn't grow up racing off road like that. So like I'm constantly learning lessons the hard way too, I guess. But, um, you know, when you find a new crack in the car, like how, how could that (laughs) even crack, you know, but, um, they find a way and you just try to be a student of that. You know, you try to, um, you know, I don't have a degree in metallurgy, but it's like, well, maybe if I make a bigger gusset, that won't happen again. So, Yep. We know some guys. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> more, I'm, looking at, I'm thinking about Bray. More, more Gussie. He's he's, ah. he's my go-to for oh. cage stuff. Yeah, why'd this happen and that, how do I fix it? Is that that red Ford Ranger? Yep, that yep. limitless yeah. fabrication. Yeah. He's doing Mike's cage and will eventually do Steve's cage. And oh, yeah. That's good just, work. Just at this point, just kind of waiting for him to get done with Mike's, I guess. Yeah. Whenever that gets finished up, then I'll start working towards getting mine over there and get it done. Um, I wish I wish Mike be, was on IG more. I, I don't really have a visual of his vehicles. I, I'm gonna have to figure out the Facebook or something. No, nobody does, and they're not on Facebook. <laughs> either. Point. We should have Mike take a picture of all of his trucks because I think I think has. a lot of people have probably seen Snow Day, right? Right. Just and total off our podcast posts and stuff like that. Does he not have anything but, on Instagram? He does. Yeah, I think Snow Day's been on it only. Huh. I don't think I've seen the '91. Really? I don't think I've seen the Chevy. I don't think I definitely haven't seen the '08. So, right. yeah, we need to get him on so get on him for that. So wait, you're saying that I have more pictures of his trucks on my Instagram than he does on his? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> without a question. I have more pictures on my Instagram of his trucks than he has on his. <laughs> okay, so I had to get him well, to stand his game up. Like, all right, Mike, when you're yeah. out there in the shop next time and you're drinking a beer, just take pictures of your things and post them on the internet. 
That's right. Uh huh. And if he's I'm feeling really froggy, we'll have him bring him out of the shop on a nice sunny oh. day, snap a pick, and back him back in. That's you're asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to unplug the chargers. Yeah. Yeah. These things don't leave the shop. They just stay in here. Oh, no. Well, I can't pull the 91 out because it doesn't have an engine, but. Someday. I uh, mean, he has pic- there's pictures of it somewhere. You can shoot those. So we're closing in on the hour and a half mark. You guys want to shut yeah, this down and move it over to Patreon for a bit? Yeah, we definitely should. Okay. We can definitely should do we... that. Get some more. We, uh... Well, yeah, Kevin, is there anything well, else that you wanted to. On the main, yeah. Share? Uh, no, I mean, I would. I would just probably like to do the the self promotion stuff. Yeah, absolutely. of course. Any anybody that's not, you know, if they could want to check it out and follow along at Ultra Four Jones on IG. Uh, it's also Ultra Four Jones on Facebook, which is pretty much a copy and paste for me at this point. And then most recently, been working on a YouTube channel, Chasing Five Eighteen. So just trying to yes. kind of be put out the content and stay relevant, and you know, give give people something to to cheer on and root for the underdog we're going to talk about our dude we're going to talk about your youtube when we go over to the patreon sweet i have some tips you have you have a new subscriber right now hey (laughs) nailed it i uh i've been slacking on the social medias so i apologize for not knowing about your youtube channel i get it it's such a man it's such a blessing and a curse i i have so many deals and connections and and so many things i've learned through social media but the time suck is it's so real it's a like lot. my my family hates it you know like my little child is always like daddy it's like instagram beer instagram beer Insta-, you know and it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, i don't know what i'm showing her you know but <laughs> you, you hope that like i just try to hope that my kids see that like you have to work hard for the stuff that, that you want. And and I hope yeah. I'm showing them that, that kind of work ethic of like, you want to go racing? You got to spend hours in the garage, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. You want, you want sponsors? You got to provide them return on their investment. Like, Oh, for sure. I don't know. That's right. I like it. Well, thank you everyone for coming back for episode 123. I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to check out, Ultra Four Jones on Instagram and also check out uh, all of our stuff over at totaloffroadpodcast.com as you some of you will already know and check out our partner companies there ah okay uh, Derek's, <laughs> Derek's holding up like a note to the screen so I can see what he's thinking um, check all that stuff out over there at uh, on our website and then um also, check out our partner companies, Complete Off-Road, Crawler Off-Road, Off-Road Anonymous, Morphlate, and there was more than I had to add to that. If you want to check out the Patreon where we're going to go right now, where we have, last week we had more of Marvin. We had Marvin on for an extra 50 minutes in the Patreon last week, uh, and then we're going to head over there with Ultra Four Jones. There is a link right there in your show notes. Uh, if for some reason there's not a link in your show notes, maybe your app doesn't provide that, or wherever you're listening doesn't provide it, you can always find it at... Uh, Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash total offer podcast. It is explicit, so it will not come up if you search their website. Uh, I think the entry fee over there is five bucks, I think, minimum now nowadays. So if you're interested in supporting us and a whole lot of extra content, there's probably close close to or over 
There's probably close to 100 hours of content over there as well. So if you're looking for some more content, be sure to go check out Patreon and uh, we'll add you into it's the old It's extra page. silly. Oh, it's extra silly. You're not wrong about that, <laughs> especially if you decide to join the chat. Um, once you, oh my God. Once you sign up for Patreon uh, and become a supporter of us, I will message you and ask you if you want to be added to the Facebook chat where you can find a whole new group of friends that you never knew you needed. You uh, probably don't need. Oh, no, you, you definitely need some of them. One. <laughs> that's true <laughs> two of them so, so uh be sure to check kidding. that out if you're interested and as uh oh i uh, and derek do you have any last words i do i just about said as uh, always stay grinded <laughs> wait what wrong tagline sorry different social media okay all right <laughs> uh well going off of uh what kevin said earlier uh i would like to say a proverb we'll call it to finish first you must first finish it's advice to live by that is advice to live by (laughs) i need to use it my daily life i'm not i'm not as good as mike at the last words that was that was good though i liked it it's not funny though it's just very serious (laughs) it was short short sweet and to the point right (laughs) cool well, let's shut this thing down. Thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, we'll catch you on the trail. Everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered Ultra 4 rigs in something. Is that not right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to stop recording. I'll, I'll trim it at the thing. How does that normally go? LS2 well, buggies on stickies. Two on stickies. <laughs> That's what it is. Ultra 4 car on stickies. Do you guys run stickies? Ultra 4 doesn't run stickies, do they? Only, only that one guy from uh, wherever you guys are from. Huh. Ian's buddy. Shell Bay, huh? Yeah, yeah. To redo yeah nobody, that. nobody else. I was trying to I mean, slide that in there, like the Ultra Four thing. How do I slide that yeah. in there? Everything I mean, it's, from it's, it's technically an LS powered two buggy. Ultra LS powered two buggy. So maybe I have. Not on I think I have it. You ready? With with a race number. I'm gonna put a pause marker, and I think I have it. All right.